Hello, it's Friday, May 21st. I'm Daniel Williams, and this is the MGMA Week in Review, where each week we bring you some of the most important, interesting, and inspiring stories happening in healthcare leadership and medical practices today. This week, we begin with an advocacy story. MGMA supports bill to reform prior authorization. Last week, MGMA expressed support for the reintroduction of the Improving Seniors Timely Access to Care Act, or HR 3173. It's a bill that would increase transparency and streamline the prior authorization process for Medicare Advantage plans. Prior authorization requirements have been cited as extremely burdensome to group practices and an impediment to delivering care. For years, MGMA has advocated for advancements in electronic prior authorization and increased health plan transparency. But medical groups continue to report an increase in prior authorization requirements and burden. MGMA members can get involved in hashtag MGMA advocacy by sending a letter through MGMA's contact Congress portal to your congressional representative, urging support of HR 3173. In additional advocacy news, beginning June 1st, the Centers for Medicare and Medicaid Services will accept notices of intent to apply for the January 1st, 2022 start date of the Medicare Shared Savings Program. While it is non-binding, groups that intend to apply for a 2022 start date must submit an NOIA via the ACO management system by June 7th at noon Eastern time. Following the submission of an NOIA, a formal application period will be open from June 8th to June 28th. For information on the application process and timeline, medical groups can refer to the MSSP application toolkit. To keep up to date on government news, go to mgma.com advocacy. Our next article comes from Modern Healthcare. How COVID-19 vaccines will work for kids in the U.S. Children ages 12 and older can now roll up their sleeves for COVID-19 vaccines in the U.S., offering parents and schools a chance to relax their pandemic precautions and bringing the country a step closer to controlling the virus. The Centers for Disease Control and Prevention recommend Pfizer's vaccine for children 12 and older. Here's what you need to know. First, are the shots the same as those for adults? The answer is yes. The dose and the schedule are the same. The two shots are given three weeks apart. Second, where can kids get the shots? Pharmacies, state sites, and other places that are already vaccinating people 16 and older with the Pfizer vaccine should be able to give the shots to all authorized ages in most cases. School districts are also preparing to host vaccination clinics to speed up the campaign. And since parents might feel more comfortable with their pediatricians and primary care doctors 
health officials are working to make the shots more widely available at private practices. Next, will kids need a guardian? Parental consent will be needed, but exactly how it's obtained could vary. For vaccinations at school-based clinics, for example, parents might be able to give consent by signing a form. Walgreens said a parent or guardian will need to be present and sign a consent form, but noted guidelines on parental consent vary by jurisdiction. When will younger kids be eligible? It's unclear how long the ongoing trials or regulatory reviews will take, but Dr. Anthony Fauci, the top U.S. infectious disease expert, recently suggested it could happen this year. Go to modernhealthcare.com to learn more about this story and others on vaccinations. I'll leave you this week with an article from kevinmd.com. How do patients really feel about virtual care and electronic patient engagement? This article was written by Betty Rabinowitz. Recently, a Harris poll conducted an online study among 2,000 adult ages 18 plus. The survey was conducted within the United States between March 25th to March 29th. The survey focused on individuals who had interacted with the healthcare system in the last year. The aim of the Connected Healthcare study was to understand the impact COVID-19 has had on healthcare and communication with providers and gain insights into experiences and preferences as it relates to telehealth and online healthcare tools. Telehealth is clearly emerging from the COVID-19 pandemic as the new normal. An overwhelming majority 84% of respondents who received telehealth services since March 20th reported that they plan to continue using telehealth appointments in the future, with the top reasons being that it's more convenient or to avoid being around people who are sick. One of the most striking results of the survey was that nearly half of U.S. patients reported that they have sought or would likely to seek care from a different healthcare provider if their current provider did not offer telehealth appointments. This is clearly a resounding message of support for telehealth from patients to their physicians. As we look back on the broader impact of the COVID-19 pandemic, it will have catapulted patient awareness and the acceptance of telehealth and virtual care to the extent that would have been inconceivable before the pandemic. It has also brought to the forefront many other aspects of patient electronic and virtual engagement with providers across all specialties. For example, scheduling appointments, billing, and payment, which were all handled predominantly in person previously, are now being done online. In this respect, this terrible pandemic had a bright virtual silver lining. Keep up with the latest industry news by subscribing to the MGMA Insights Newsletter at mgma.com slash insights newsletter. If you want to become part of the healthcare discussion, you can join the MGMA STAT panel by texting STAT to 33550. If you have a healthcare story you want to share with us, email us at podcast at mgma.com. 
This has been the MGMA Week in Review. I'm Daniel Williams. Thanks and have a great weekend.